Hey, this is Nadine. This is John. And this is Dan. And this is She's Not a Slut Yet. This is a podcast about three friends watching cult movies and drinking together. So this week we'll be reviewing John's pick, Fantastic Planet, which was released in 1973. So Dan, go ahead and give us the very empty and minimal box office stats. <laughs> All right. So I got a quick one for you. This this movie, it's a foreign film. Um, there's pretty much no box office stats for it because it's a... Uh, French and Czech movie. Can't really feel, find anything about the budget. It was nominated for three awards and won one of them. It's pretty highly rated when it comes to all the uh, the modern day metrics. It has 7.8 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes has 91%. And then 87% for the audience score. So there you go. All right, Nadine, give me something interesting about this movie. Okay, um, so I don't have a lot of interesting facts because it's from France. The first animated movie to be rated PG in the United States. The film was internationally co-produced between companies from France and Czechoslovakia. Although devised in France, is actually animated in Czechoslovakia. Five years in the making, one reason the co-production took so long to complete is that in 1968, the Russians invaded Czechoslovakia, which caused a delay. The film was also a huge commentary on the government at the time and the Russians' treatment of Czechoslovakia. Czech citizens, basically. Uh, the film was reported to have a total of 809,945 emissions in France. The hip-hop group ASAP Mob sampled the music of the scene called Meditation Scene in YouTube from this movie for their song Young, I'm not saying that, Living. It can be founded on their album Cozy Tapes Volume 1 Friends. And then the last one I have, because again, this is a foreign film and there's mm-hmm. no information, a working title while in development was Sur la Planète Igam on the planet Igam, which is where most of the story play- takes place. The actual title, The Fantastic Slash Savage Planet, is the name of Igam's moon. And I do, I do want to add one other thing. Because this is a foreign film, it has no English dub. So in order to watch yep. it, we actually did have to sit through uh, French with uh, English subtitles. So yep. that made, made it definitely an interesting experience. So to start out, we're going to go over the movie synopsis. So the movie starts out with a woman running away from something off screen with her baby. As she runs up a hill, a giant blue hand flicks her down the hill. The woman then repeatedly goes up the hill just to get knocked down again and again until the blue hand flicks her away. The woman then runs away again, only to be picked up by the blue hand and dropped from the ground from a high distance, killing her. The camera pans out. You see that the blue hand belongs to giant blue children who are upset that their plaything had died and then run away. When they see Master Sen approaching, Master Sen and his daughter Tiwa take in the baby Om, which is the name of these uh, these creatures, and name him Ter. Um, the scene then shifts to Tiwa in Master Sen's house, where Tiwa disturbs her mother's meditation and is told she needs to discipline her animal. They then put baby Ter into a machine to have a collar attached to him so they can control where he goes and cannot go. The scene then shifts again to Master Sin in an auditorium discussing with his colleagues about the issues they are having at the factories of other planets. They also discuss that the ohms they took from Terra had left behind signs of intelligent and organized life. Master Sin warns that the ohm may one day surprise the drog um, with their intelligence, and the rest of the drog and the community, uh, committee disregard the information as they see the ohm more as pets that they have to call. Uh, kind of like an infestation. After the meeting discussing the ohms, the scene then shifts to Tiwa playing with Ter and dressing him up in different outfits until she slowly loses interest. Ter then goes into another room to find Master Sin and his colleagues meditating into different forms that blend into one another until they're disturbed by Tiwa collecting Ter. 
Tiwa then leaves the room and begins to try and make herself look more like Terra with makeup until tr until Terra tricks her into using the wrong item. As punishment, Tiwa has a rain cloud chase Terra while raining and shooting lightning on him. The next day, Tiwa is taught her lessons through a headband that transmits the lessons to Terra as well by accident. It was using some like weird mental telepathy thing. It was it was kind of strange to look at. In one of the lessons, Terra overhears he is taught about the uh crystal season, and then experiences himself while Tiwa takes him to see the crystals grow over everything. While there, Terra almost gets swallowed by the crystals until Tiwa whistles, shattering the crystals. The next day, Tiwa takes Terra with her, and so she hangs out with her friends. Um, while there, Terra ends up finding the other Drog's children pet Ohms for the Drog children's amusement. The scene then shifts to show the parents eating in another room, leaving Terra alone. Terra uses this chance to revisit Tiwa's headband to continue lessons on his own. Of course, Master Sin catches him using it. Though, neither neither parent really believe that Terra understands the lessons, so they just decide to ban Tiwa from holding him during them. After Tiwa's first meditation, she begins to lose interest in Terra, and he could no longer li listen in on his lessons. Because of this, Terra decides to run away with her headband, forgetting that he still has the collar on him that controls where he goes. Terra does make it pretty far with the headband until Tiwa's mother begins to bring him back using the collar, but it gets stuck in roots. Another Ohm sees him and cuts him loose from his collar, then brings him back to her tribe in a hollow tree. Once there, he is introduced to the tribe and laughed at for his attire. One of the Ohms touches a case that Terra could read that was a trap. By being able to read the Drog language, the tribe, especially a man called the Wizard, becomes especially distrustful of him. That night, the tribe goes out for a ritual with, with the Wizard. Terra watches from the tree as people eat a glowing seed and pair off running into the woods. It was like a like a reference just to them, you know, basically fucking. As time passes, the tribe begins to use the learning headband more to learn what Terra knows, much to the wizard's displeasure. For bringing the knowledge headband to the tribe, Terra is forced to fight with another Ohm with animals strapped to their chest to determine whether or not he'd be allowed to stay. The next day, the tribe sets out an expedition to steal supplies from the Drog, but end up with their supplies stolen from them by another tribe, the Hollow Bush Tribe. By Terra staying... The ohms in the tree continue to use the headband and learn. One day as they're doing so, they're attacked by a giant flying animal. The hollow tree tribe then sets out to kill the creature and are successful. The next day, the hollow tree tribe finds writing in the park wall that says D ohm. Terra decides to warn the other tribe that the Draugr planning to kill the free ohm soon is captured by them and thrown in jail. The next day, the Draugr began to kill all of the ohms with poison gas. Though effective, a few do escape outside the park walls and bring the knowledge headband. As they're trying to figure out what to do next, two drogs walk by, see them, and try and just decide to step on them and kill them. The ohms retaliate and manage to kill one of the drog as the other drog, panicked, runs away. From the attack, the hollow tree ohms find their chief is dead, and the hollow bush tree steps up and leads the survivors to a place with leftover drog rockets that the ohm can use to build a new home for themselves. As the ohm are traveling to their new home, the drogs are incredibly upset with the death of one of their own and the discovery that the ohms were organized enough and learned enough to know what boxes contained before ever opening them. The drog, disturbed by this finding, finding call, begins killing ohms twice every cycle instead of once every three cycles, as well as restricting the, bre the breeding of pet ohms. Only one of the drogs in this council seemed to be hesitant with this decision. After the drog meeting, the scene switches back to the Ohms in the rocket graveyard as they begin to tray and build rockets for themselves to flee the planet before the Drog begin to kill them off again. Many of the other free Ohm tribes join them in their research, making progress on the rocket building quicker. 
just as a just as the rockets were about to be finished, the Drogs sent out drones to mark where the free ohms lived to make it easier to kill them all. The ohms then decided to send the two rockets they have to the wild planet to see if it's habitable. Before they leave, the hollowed bush chief passes on. As the rocket is sent to the wild planet, the drog begin to kill the free ohms in the rocket graveyard. Once the rockets arrive at the wild planet, the drogs are seeing their meditation spears mounting giant statues to begin this weird mating ritual with beings from other galaxies. As the giant drog statue stands, the ohms destroy the statues and entirely halt the mating ritual and halting the deoming. The drog are outraged and terrified that the ohm will be able to do this. At first, the drog council suggests to exterminate all of the ohm. The master sin says there would be no benefit in doing this and that both species would need to learn how to coexist in peace. The movie ends by showing a child drog listening to her lessons on the own planet and the drog planet with her with her pet lizard. Yes, if you got any of that, it is a strange movie, a very very strange movie. Most most if not all of the movie is lost on context. There's a couple movies that we've watched that are like that, Nadine. I think uh, one of them, Big Fish, was like that. Yep, we just released and edited that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like really fresh on all the big fish stuff. It's yeah, it's, it's so, funny that you love this movie, and we'll, we'll get that into one. that. But but like one of the we're gonna be uh, reviewing it a little bit, just talking talking BS now. Synopsis is over. But um, one of the things that uh kind of struck me about this movie is at face value, this movie is like a really shitty animation. <laughs> They use they still use stop style animation with this, um, and it was like frame by frame. You could visibly see it, and that weird, horrifyingly uh, way they just they just drew things just put was really off putting. Didn't you guys agree? Yeah, I don't know if there was an epilepsy warning for this movie, but there definitely should have been because there's like a scene where everything is just kind of blinking bright colors. I don't think there was actually. Right there was. Yes, moment. there was. And if there yes, was, it was in fucking French. Yeah. Yeah, like this spoiler, I hated the animation. It it gave I hated the, the animation too. But... Yeah. Spoiler, I me and Satori actually loved the animation. I found it very unique. But you gotta keep in mind that uh we're really into that type of animation stuff. Yep. So it's just differing of opinions. Yep. So things to note about this movie. Did you guys really kind of get what the storyline was going for? Or did you just think it was just kind of like uh here, let me just continue doing this? Yeah, like, I, I think I pretty much got the gist of it. It was kind of like an allegory for all these different themes of the environment, society, and, mm -hmm. and different aspects of human nature. So, um, the reason why I think I like this movie quite a bit, um, the story is kind of hard to follow. But when the more you look at the story, the more you realize that whoever directed this you could definitely see there was a lot of political, environmental, basically normal modern day problems were placed into the movie and made this horrific masterpiece of a uh, animation. There's more to it than that. And I have the article here. I even think I have a link to the article. It's mm. political, but it's environmental, but it's also, you know, commenting on like how we treat animals or things or people even that we mm -hmm. consider to be less than ourselves i'm having a hard time with my laptop right now it's fucking freezing so i can't even read it to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got you 
but yeah, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that this um this movie approaches on. There's a lot of themes that are underlying that aren't explicit in just what you're yeah. saying. Like the the movie itself is not really about like a story so much or a character. It's more like taking a clip in time of where this country and where this society was and just cementing it in a movie so you can almost kind of view it as like a history lesson. Because a lot, even though a lot of this stuff is very alien, it's a very science fiction film, um, and it's a really weird animation style. It catches a lot of the problems that uh, that that specific region was dealing with at the time, and put it into an animation. I mean, this was at the height of uh, at the height of the Cold War, I believe, right? Um, right yeah. when um, yep. the, yeah, the USSR was still in power. Yeah, because the invasion of of Czechoslovakia was part of like the hiccups in getting it produced in one of the animators or one of the uh creators of it had uh experienced that yeah so i mean it's really just showing like more so the issues that were going on at the time and it could almost be seen as like a uh a cheaper version of a documentary that makes sense i mean i wouldn't say it's a documentary it's definitely a documentary now (laughs) yeah it's it's just like it's like any other movie or art form that you have where you express any uh, frustrations you're currently having or political beliefs or just beliefs in general on something. Like we hear it in music all the time. You see it in movies all the time. You definitely see it in movies all the time, especially now. It's not something you would see as often in the United States, I would say, uh, in movies that were big. This, from what I can understand, was bigger in Europe. But Mm -hmm. again, it made a lot of commentary that was popular, you know, where they are and in the world because they were having, especially in Czechoslovakia, they were having so many issues with the government. And I did finally get my computer to work. <laughs> no, no I, I think if you're taking like a anthropology or like philosophy class, like this is the perfect movie to write a paper on. Oh yeah. There's so much you could pull from this movie and so many inference because it's such a general um, lesson on the history that was going on. Um, but more so than that, more so because although it's kind of like a clip in time, a lot of the elements were added in there. One of the biggest things I noticed is kind of showing the human place when it comes to, when it comes to like nature and stuff like that and how we're so small, right? This situation that is there could theoretically be a legitimate situation. Like, we, all we know is what we see, right? What we don't know was exactly beyond. It kind of opens that up a little bit. And it, like, like in the beginning, when, um, when the, uh, there was a giant blue hand that was just toying with a human, which they called Ohm, it, it just kind of gives that feeling that, like, uh, all, and you were more so connected with humans than the aliens. It just gives you that feeling that, like, we're not the only thing in the universe, per se, and there's things that could be much bigger than us. We just haven't seen it yet. And it's just, it's it's kind of a very interesting concept for a sci-fi film. Instead of approaching the alien race and, you know, how the humans deal with it, it, it kind of approaches it from an after-apocalyptic world where we're set back, and then the aliens just casually take our planet, you know? It's, it's, it's just, it's a pretty, it's weird getting all this historical stuff all of these uh, environmental stuff and modern day problems mixed into a apocalyptic sci-fi world that is drawn in probably one of the most unique animation styles I've ever witnessed. 
the combination of all three definitely makes this movie very much different than other movies I've seen. The or article, the texasorator.com, it basically talks about something called anthropocentrism, which is basically stating that we are the center of our own universes, which is what creates the a lot of all those social issues that we have, including the way we treat animals. And a lot of it is commentary on how, you know, the USSR was treating the Czechoslovakian citizens at the time, but you can put that into almost anything, really, the way we treat animals, how we treat people of different races and things like that. And you can see it throughout everything. And the way that he explains it is basically that we we make ourselves the center of our own universes. And by doing so, we miss that there could be something great about something that we consider to be less than us. So we treat that thing that we believe to be less than us like absolute shit. And then when it's too late to go back and make a change, there's a revolt, there's violence that happens. Then if we would just make sure that we weren't like more so centric on ourselves, that we are like the center of the universe, a lot of those things may change. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it approaches just varying different levels of morality and things that people and humans deal with and puts it in a situation crafted into like this weird sci-fi element and kind of shows what it would be like in that, you know, what decisions we would make. And of course there is a positive happy end to it, but I mean, it, it makes an elusive show on just how, as you said, just how self-focused the human race is and just completely ignoring everything else. And that's what these tribes are doing in the movie, too. Like, they were so focused on what they had right there that when Ter, um, you know, the pet, the, um, what is it, the, uh, the Drog's pet is what they called him, approached with the idea of out information outside of what they, the boundaries of what they were comfortable with, he was rejected almost immediately. Um, and it took literally people and many of those ohms dying for them to be able to accept it. That's shown in a lot more history than uh than I think a lot of people care to realize too. So it's more it's it's really eye opening on uh how selfish people can be and how like just limited vision tunnel vision people are. It also had some commentary on religion. Not like it wasn't like a huge portion of the film, but it was enough that you could kind of see it almost right away when Tara came in and to the tribe with that girl, the wizard, which would be like our priest or our pope immediately was distrusting of him because he brought in technology and knowledge that he believed to be like a sin. We kind of did the same shit in the middle ages. And we did that during the dark ages. We basically said, okay, you're, you're going towards science. You're bringing more technology. That's a sin against God. That's speaking against God. So you can't do that anymore. And it's the same kind of thing that he was doing there. They advanced, the alms advanced because they had that knowledge. But by, if he had succeeded in trying to keep them, you know, in the dark, they all would have been dead because they wouldn't have been able to read that message. So it is, I'm not saying that religion's a bad thing. I'm just saying that organized religion is not always the best thing. If it's not trying to go for progress uh, for the people in general, or trying to make sure that it's not just we have to make sure that, you know, it's all about whoever we're 
worshiping. It's about what's good for everyone. And he showed that in mm-hmm. religion, like even in the past, we've had some issues based off of, you know, trying to keep ourselves in the dark and not expanding our horizons outside of what religion we are focusing in. Yeah, I definitely think there's plenty of examples of Absolutely. organized religion inhibiting technological and social progress. Yeah, and on top of that, Nadine, even outside of like the uh, the human race self-centered part on the religion, there's even undertones of uh, like if you compare the ohms to animals as well, and uh, the you know us as you know the the drugs, for example, it, it put like there's so many different ways you can see this movie, and there's so many different things that you can pull from this movie, um, and the the people that love this movie thoroughly love this movie and we'll watch it many 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 times because it's such a great example of a like an open-ended makes you think about it movie and in comparison to the other movies we watched you know like the fifth element was hilarious uh weird science was just kind of like your typical 90s film you know, like you, you see the, those movies had their purpose in the in the cult classics but i think this movie in particular is just a just a really good point of a movie that not many people watch but the people that do either fucking love it or truly hate it so i i just i think this movie is really well done so to go outside of the philosophy thing that we've been talking about non-stop something interesting the music soundtrack from this is fucking amazing you guys picked up on that right I don't remember any of the music. I'm gonna be honest with you, and I didn't really like this oh movie my at all. God, I mean, I get the con. The, I I do appreciate the content within the movie itself and the way that they were talking about a lot of philosophical things, a lot of morality in, in general. Their comments on how we treat animals as well as each other, but I just didn't enjoy the movie that much. I feel like it could have been done a little bit differently. They could have made it more. They could have dug deeper into it. It could have been a longer movie that had more to it, especially with the alms as people, give them more, you know, they're, they're flat characters. Everyone was felt like a very flat character. And like, you could still keep all that commentary in there and still make the the story and the peep and the characters you have in those story have more depth. You know, like you can give it more and they didn't really do that. And that's kind of what I wanted. I also did not like the animation style. I would, it reminds me of like when Monty Python and the Holy Grail, they did the animation, they popped the animation in for like the Bible pieces and stuff like that. That was funny in that. And this one, it didn't, I didn't really like it. The specific type of art style for me, I believe would be great in a comic book or like a picture book or like in your book as like the artwork for a book, but I don't like it as a cartoon. I just don't. And yeah, that's, that's where the, uh, that's where the differing of, uh, the differing of, you know, what people like and what they don't. I, I, I can see that. Like the animation is such a throwaway. Yeah, too. No, it, it's not like someone like, took like a, a surrealist painting and just. It does. Yes. I was trying to find a way to describe it. Yeah. That's, that's great. It makes me think of, like the Middle Ages, how they would do drawings in the Middle Ages. Oh, yeah. It looks exactly like that, like the monsters I, on a map. I just thought about like you know the, uh, I mean? the opening scenes in, uh, in Hercules where like the, the Greek paintings are like animated. Yeah. Or like the opening scenes in like uh, Mulan where they had yeah. like the uh, the artwork kind of doing its own things. Yeah, that makes sense. 
um or like in the beginning of ice age why are we talking about this um but yeah i i totally get i totally get where you're going from with it yeah it was just but not I, my thing i just wanted to, to bring that up again because we kind of just avoided it entirely but i did bring up the soundtrack because uh you can buy a freaking vinyl of it and people really really like the vinyl like there's a lot of it on uh on different sites because the music has if anything to take away, if you hate the movie, the music itself is so unique and so nice to hear that it suits the movie really well and you won't notice it. But taking it out of context, it's kind of it's really cool to listen to. So the music was pretty good as well. Like, I don't know if it's just because it was in subtitles and like I'm focused on reading the, uh, the subtitles rather than actually like listening to what's going on. But uh, yeah, the, the music, I didn't really it didn't strike me at all. Yeah. It didn't. Do it, it really either. blends in with what's going on. Well, no, that's not entirely true. Because remember when we did Solaris, it was that was a Russian film, it was an entirely different language. But I remember a lot of the music from that. I, it, for me, this is it was it was not something that I was interested. in. The music wasn't, and I don't know if it was because just the movie in general just couldn't bring me, like captivate me or bring me in. I just I couldn't get into any of it. I I totally like again appreciate all the commentary that they have, but I feel like they should have delved deeper and it should have been a better story. Like they should have had more depth to their characters and they were all flat characters, not just the drawings, like the actual character development themselves was not really much there. Yeah, like to be able to similar boat where like the, I feel like the, the allegory and like the symbolism takes front and center stage rather than actually kind of, what are these characters? Why do they care about them? Like, you don't really get any any depth to any any of the characters and that's the thing you could totally have those commentaries and still have a better story and more depth to it because you see it in a lot of movies that yeah. we have now like the help has a lot of commentary and has a lot of depth to it you know it, it's a good fucking movie and it has a good story all the characters have a lot of depth to them they have character growth they go from one point to the the next point as the movie goes on and you can see them as people you know growing and evolving or struggling or trying to get past the issues that they're having this is just it did not do that for me in this movie it didn't it makes me think of honestly maybe only a few people who listen to this because we don't have that many people who listen to this right now but maybe only a few people will know of this but when i was um doing like when I was in college, we did a Joan of Arc class. One of the things that we had to do in the jo in the Joan of Arc class was actually wa watch a movie that was a, a modern interpretation. So it was still silent films that the movie was made, but and then we did a, a '70s version and then like today's version um, with Mila Jovovich. And the the one that was from like the 1920s, the silent film, it, the Joan of Arc story is actually a good story. It's an interesting story. All the stuff that goes with it is really interesting. The movie was fucking shit. I'm sorry. And it wasn't because it was a silent film. I've seen many silent films. That movie drove me fucking crazy. And it's supposed to be like a film, you know, student dream. Like it's supposed to be like the pinnacle of all like filmography. Like everyone fucking loves it who's into film. And I'm like, no, this, it's, it's like a shitty movie. You didn't really put any depth into any of it at all. You know, you didn't. Like, and you can do that with silent films. You can, but they, they didn't. This is one of those movies where I feel like they didn't put anything into it. They didn't really put any depth. They just had a commentary on it 
and they just wanted that commentary to come through and everything else that went around it was just a way to get you it like blatantly punch you in the face with it <laughs> well i think it's a i think there's a lot of takeaways that can be pulled from this movie um and for me the like when i watch a movie i value my time with it right um some movies that i watch that i don't enjoy you'll literally find me turning it off in about two minutes and it'll just be like whatever i'll just do something else but like this movie my eyes were actually glued to the screen the entire time and once the once the uh movie ended you get that kind of like uh that that movie magic feel when you watch something really cool in theaters and you're just stunned by it and you have to talk about it with someone like me and satori literally talked about this all night and even up recent in the past month we brought it up in multiple conversations like this movie was to me like a it was just a prime example of a uh, a very well done movie, which is kind of funny because that's literally the exact opposite of what you guys are saying. No, like we we actually, I think we're dozing off as we like just want to get through it. Oh no, I I had beer and I was like I was looking at the movie, I was commenting on the art style, and I was like, oh wow, that uh that headband thing, that's uh that's osmosis right there, that's cool, you know. I was just like casually mentioning things, and I was like actually involved. So, so I actually really enjoyed the movie. Although there were certainly some parts that are kind of like, all right, that's a little annoying. And uh, how they kind of reference things without going into detail, like the sex scene, how they reference that, and how like it says that like weird naked animation, but nobody really pays attention to that at all, and it's still rated fucking PG, just amazes me. I was going to so say that. It was to like, me, this movie's great. It's, like, it, it's a French film, so... Yeah, like, but that's what I'm saying. It's French, so like the boobs everywhere makes sense. But you would think by the time it got to the United States, it'd be like, mm -mm, yeah. this shit is R. Look at all those titties. I think it's because it's an educational film, really. It's, and we were talking about this before, before we even started the podcast, and we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. But uh, you brought up that you'd see this in college and you try and decipher it. But I, 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 I agree. I think this is an educational film. And looking beyond that, if it's, if it's an educational thing, then I mean, there's no, does the i think the pg just kind of sits there well that was what i was telling you before if it's an educational thing does it still can it still be considered a cult classic because at that point it's not really people who actually want to watch the movie are watching the movie it's people who are being forced to watch the movie are watching the movie do you see what i'm saying all right <laughs> so you're coming from an academic environment where you're being forced well, no, this, to watch it is, you don't this like this is actually a conversation right? we had like it i feel like this this movie holds more weight in academia than being an enjoyable film to watch. And it really should, especially when it comes to, like, if you were going to do, you know, any class, like philosophy, it'd be good for a philosophy class. It'd be great if you were studying art or film. It would be great if you were studying history and a multitude of other things, even okay. like psychology to a degree. The thing is, if they're if this is something that would be something that would be used for academic purposes, that means it can't really be considered a cult classic. Do I know if it's actually being used like that in the United States? No, I didn't look it up. But if it is... I don't even think it is. You don't think it is? I think they do in, in France with it, though. Because I did find some stuff from colleges for it in France, but I didn't see anything here. This would be perfect for academics here. So if it's not being used here, then yeah, it's totally a cult classic. But if it is being used for academics here... I don't know if I would consider it that because then at that point, it's not really people watching this movie because they want to watch this movie. It's because they're being made to because it's good. It's something that you can take out of it. There's a lesson to it. Well, I don't, I mean, I, I can understand the standpoint, but I see this movie kind of like a fine wine, right? I would not say that. Um, it's aged, it's a very specific aged wine. 
and you you have to taste it you have to kind of you kind of have to watch it multiple times to really enjoy it uh we watched it multiple times and loved it i had to watch it multiple um, each times time this, so. uh but but like the, the movie for me the movie there's a lot of enjoyment watching the movie and there's also enjoyment finding stuff about the movie like oh wow there's marxist stuff in here um and communist references like that's cool like i was interested outside of the movie which never fucking happens there's layers and layers of allegory that you could like take it anywhere almost but ogres yeah. are like yeah. onions yeah it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah this movie is is I was I was not interested in the movie. I was definitely way more interested in the stuff that is outside of it. And I think that was the history major in me because I was like, oh, I remember not I don't remember half this happening because I wasn't there, but I remember having to learn about this. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, oh yeah, like what? Poor no, we, we Dan kinda... probably like you. You enjoyed the research, and Dan's just like, I actually, this movie I think I, <laughs> drinking I think a beer I while you're researching it. We'll get into the means, whatever. But like. Okay, good. It it didn't hit home as far as uh, being something I could just say, like, oh, yeah, this was a great movie just to sit down and watch it. A good experience. I mean, considering we watched the Studio Ghibli movie last, and you guys fucking hated that movie, and then we watched this movie, and you guys fucking hate this movie, I'm going to see a pattern here. I feel like the only... The only movie eventually we're going to look forward to, um, I'm not sure when the hell that movie's going to show up, that, that Iron Giant movie. Oh, I love Iron Giant. I feel Giant. like if you guys don't like that movie, I, I... will end you all. Because, like, I've noticed, like, every fucking animated film you guys have just So I, I have not roasting. seen Iron Giant, so it's still be fine. Yeah. Oh! Okay. No, he's seen okay. it, but not well, since he was When a we kid. actually see it I don't think I've actually it. seen it when I was a kid. I think we... I, like, remember scenes from it, but I never actually just sat down and watched it. Wait, are you shitting me, Dan? I no. watched this movie. I haven't seen it though since I was a kid. It's the same thing with like the studio Gip, the Ghibli. What was a Totoro? I watched it when I was a kid. Fucking loved it. Now as an adult, I can't get into it. And even though I have a lot of great memories about it, and I think it's like you know a cute movie, I, it's not something that I could watch over and over again as an adult. I'm wondering if I'm gonna have the same reaction to Iron Giant that I did with that movie because I watched it when I was a kid and I fucking loved it. And I got upset when I couldn't find the fucking tape anymore. Cause that's how old I am. <laughs> and I couldn't just watch it over and over again. Nadine going to go on a 15 minute rant about <laughs> iron giant. while we're talking about, uh, you know, fantastic planet. All right. You know, I think we're pretty much done with the review here. There's like literally nothing else to discuss. <laughs> like We're literally just, we devolved from talking about political into just roasting the movie, and then finally we're just talking about other stuff well, not I will even say related that, to the like, movie anymore. As far as, like, scenes that, like, there was one scene that kind of did puzzle me, like, I just, even though I watched it several times, is yeah. the, the scene where they're meditating, the the four aliens are meditating, okay, wait. and, like, their bodies just start to, like, randomly go into abstract shapes and, and like, melt together. I have a lot to say about that. supposed to be like their mental consciousness blending. I have a lot to say about that, but I have to pee so bad, so I'm going to be right back. (laughs) Oh, my lord. (laughs) Um, So what I was going to say is I feel like the whole point of that meditation scene with those four men and the fact that they went into multiple different shapes, there was a point where all their bodies connected and kind of moved into each other. It was, I think it was supposed to be like, a 
like they're connecting, like their minds are melding, their bodies, their souls are kind of melding in a way. Meditation. That's, I think, all it was supposed to be because the whole movie was about how the drug were uh, meditating people and that they believed in meditation was the way their spirit could be a higher in a higher form or plane. And I think part of their meditation was like those mating rituals, but I think also some of it was like connecting with each other. All right, because that was what they were doing, the mating ritual thing, right? Or is that something no. else? No, it's where uh, Tara had uh, okay, yeah. wandered into them, like three different uh, people. Yeah, look at yeah. the picture. There's four of them. Yeah, when bodies, they were all kind of passing shapes back and forth, but their heads are still intact. Right. Actually, one of the most iconic yeah, that's, that's, scenes. That's, that's why movie, that movie was, that scene was so striking to me, because, like, I was. Granted, there's, like, a lot of weird stuff and, like, crazy animation that goes on in this movie, but that, that scene in particular, like, it just stuck in my mind. It's one of my favorites as well. Not my favorite, but it's. But, it, well, favorite scene of the movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll it, call it my favorite. I wouldn't call any just memorable. scene I had in the movie was my favorite. Oh my god, we are going into roasting territory again. <laughs> they did. I didn't um, like it. <laughs> but no, there's a... I think one of the other scenes, too, is like how they, uh, how they blended music into the action. It's very easy to do with an animated film, right? Because you can uh, create the animation and stretch out the animation to match the, the, the beat of the music. But uh, when it comes to like the very beginning scene, there was a there was a song that was playing, right? as it was like a panicked running away song, and then after like basically messing with the woman and then dropping her and killing her, um, it suddenly there's a pause in the music and it's just suddenly somber, like extremely somber. And there was a lot of there was a lot of notes like that in the film, like when uh when the drog starts stepping on the ohms like ants. Which, by the way, is very, very depressing when you think about it. Um, they start stepping on them. There was a music connotation there, um, where it was kind of like a uh, tense, and then all of a sudden it was just all-out panic in the in the music. But it wasn't it wasn't really easy to see. I keep bringing the music back into topic because like every scene was a uh, this is a very I wouldn't say silent film because there was a narrator to it, but yeah. I did want to point out something that was pretty interesting that we haven't even commented on. So the alms are definitely humans and they were taken from earth mm -hmm. um, for sure. And the reason why I say that is because they show pictures, uh, the drugs show, show pictures of the planet that the alms came from. And one of them, I think it was uh, master sin. He said like, you know, it looks like they had signs of, organization and intelligence and we could see it in these pictures and it showed like cars and skyscrapers and things like that so they had taken the human race well after they had actually had their apocalyptic event as i think is what happened because when they showed those things they they would have gone there and had already known they had organization and signs of intelligence the moment that they had tried to invade the planet so they could cultivate all the resources for themselves if we still had skyscrapers and cars that we were using currently but by the time that they had gotten there we had already had our apocalyptic event so they had so assumed that we were unintelligent and had taken the humans and then started basically drilling the planet for all of its resources and they took us as like pets and then we were basically an invasive species on their planet and they viewed us as lesser. So they treated us as such. And then when we, you know, showed that we were intelligent is when we were able to get like one of their moons. 
which wasn't even a real, it was one that they created. So it was a fake moon. It wasn't even a real planet. Well, that's slightly freaky. Yeah. And I, I think like, as far as like the allegory or the symbolism that could either go us treating the environment or, or other animals badly, or it could be us treating other races or, or uh, communities badly. People. Yeah, people. Yeah. So one thing you noticed, the uh, Drog didn't really, they had a lot of, like, really terrible way, things to do, but didn't really talk about their weapons too much. No, they didn't. I know didn't. there was the, uh, the, the uh, missile plant, but it kind of, a, it, was, it was weird because, like, there was poison gas that was almost like a, like a gas you use just for rodents, you know, or for uh, pests in a house, you know, and I think it showed them with spears at one point, did they? Or no, I'm not sure. But the guards literally looked like the same as the other uh, other drogs as well. So it was kind of it was kind of weird that all of the weapons were in the Ohm's hand, and the only reason why the drog were actually cleaning them out is because the Ohm's were stealing and being quote unquote pests, which is kind of kind of an interesting way to put it. Because you know, from our perspective, they're the good ones, the the Ohm's, not the drogs. But from their perspective, they're the good ones. The Olds are just pests. I don't know. I feel like this is one of those movies that, depending who you are, you refer to different, different people. But mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, depending depending on who you are, how you watch this movie, you're going to have a different opinion. So the reason why it has those different outcomes because they use um, anthropocentrism as like the middle frame. That anthropocentrism does not just go to the way we treat other things. It goes to the way we treat animals and even our planet itself. Because we're thinking we are the most center thing in the entire universe. Therefore, what we do to other things like, you know, drill for oil or litter or abuse our animals or, you know, we take land from indigenous people or we have a genocide, whatever it is, doesn't matter because we're in some way believed to ourselves to be better. So there's in our mindset, there can't be re- repercussions for our actions, even though there totally is. It just not doesn't always come right away, or it's not something that we feel ourselves because we're the ones implementing it. That's that's why the movie has so many commentaries. You get to hit so many different things because anthropocentrism is basically saying that we are willfully trying to be ignorant and thinking ourselves as to be better than other things instead of just accepting those things or appreciating those things for how they are in existence. By the way, not to be that type of person, but it's anthropomorphism. Anthropocentrism, yeah, not anthropomorphism is, is an entirely different thing. Yeah. <laughs> anthropomorphism is like a, really a talking hot dog. Yeah. Uh, the attribution of human characteristics of a behavior to a god, animal, or object, anthropomorphism. Yeah. Yes, an anthro. Uh, did, did you really just say a talking hot yeah. dog? Are we going to bring up sausage? Yes, that's stuff? exactly where I was thinking. That those are anthrop- but, oh my god! Anthropomorphism yeah. is also used a lot of times in religion. Anthropocentrism is the belief that human beings are the central or most important entity in the universe. The term can be used interchangeably with human humanocentrism, and some have heard to refer to the concept as human supremacy or human exceptionalism. So it, it's its own. Thing. Anthropocentrism is something different. Anthropomorphism is something that you'll see in some religions. They have in one of the religions in Japan in specific, and I can't remember what it's called right now, they have that. So you have the Celtics. You let's go to the Celtics. They do the same thing. 
and their vines and their drawings and their knots are actual like deer and people's faces and things like that. That's anthropomorphism. Anthropocentrism is thinking that we are the center of the universe. And it they can be kind of tied together because we're putting our own characteristics onto things that are either inanimate or are animals or whatever, like in, as we do in cartoons. However, anthropocentrism is where that anthropomorphism stems off of. That's the beginning of all of it because we think we are the best. Well said. Another thing I want to note about this movie, Nadine. What's that? The progression of uh, of seeing people's faces or the Ohm's faces over time. <clears throat> um, originally, it was uh, they were pretty far away with the occasional glimpse of a person's face up close. But closer to the end of the movie, you get to see more and more and more human-like expressions. Well, that's because in and the on top of that, it's such a... Okay. Well, and on top of that, you actually see more human-like interactions where it was originally not um like at first it was almost like tribal and at the end he's like the sitting around with the the tribe leader dying and it was very human-like reactions and stuff like that it was just pretty interesting that's because they're trying in the beginning of the movie to show the drug as the more human-like characters and then as the movie goes on the alms who are actually humans become more human and the drugs become more alien and you can see that with like the food that they eat and them kind of morphing into each other and them having that mating dance on top of dancing fucking marble statues. They switch the perspective of the movie from going from drug is the main thing and the way they view things to the way that the alms viewed the world and how they viewed the how they were being treated. And I think that's why it has left. Yeah, I think like the way the movie starts with like the the human and the child running away from the big blue head, you, you think you, the focus is humans at first and then you realize like it's there's this drug where universe nah. there's human where universe and it's kind of like like a general focus. Yeah, it's going back and forth a little bit that they how they merge together is where the uh allegory goes to an extent. Yeah. Alrighty. So we are getting now we are actually finally now getting close to time. So let's go before we go over to the next section. Is there anything else you guys want to add in that you liked about the movie or that you hated about the movie or that you just want to put in as a fact? Um, I like the fact that you could buy a final on Amazon and there's like a thousand people that already purchased one. And they're all rated five stars, but yeah, continue. Alrighty, so is it or isn't it? I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. Um I get the academic thing. Um I understand why that would be a consideration, but in reality, if you look at it just from the cult movie perspective, it kind of is. And Quite, quite so, actually. A lot of people hate this movie, and there's a few people that really, really like it. Yeah, so I I actually, the more I thought about this, the more I, I started out saying, like, no, this is a cult classic. It's just kind of like an uh, allegory movie that belongs in academia, not really as an entertainment. doesn't really have much entertainment value. But I've realized that there is this, like, animation nerds like John love this movie i didn't even know about the soundtrack but when i started like kind of like looking up the movie and kind of finding out more information about it there's people that love animation that think this is like the shit and there's toys there's everything mm -hmm. so i think for that reason i get to call it a cult classic and uh just because like it has that animation geeks geek out of this movie geek out for this movie 
it has a very loyal following yeah. yeah i think just because there is a following that's loyal i would say yes um but if it if even with that because i can't find anything online that says that it's something that's used in academia in at least in the united states i i, I can't have any qualms with it if it is though used for academia and even though it has a, a cult like a following to it is most of the viewership basically just done in academics. But right as of right now, I would say yes, because I can't find anything saying that it is used in colleges anyway, in the United States. Okay. Alrighty. All right. Well, let's late, let's rate the movie. I'm going to actually rate it last because I'm, I know mine's going to be higher than you guys, but, uh, Oh yeah, it is. Nadine, <laughs> you want to go first? I'm not sure where to put this yet. Dan, can you possibly go? All right, I'll, I'll go. I I did not enjoy this movie. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think just on face, face value. I'm not trying to like discredit any of any of the people that love this because of the animation. People that want to dissect this movie for the allegories and all the all the uh, context it has as far as commentary towards society. But just as the watching this movie, I'm going to give it a three point five. It's I didn't like it. But it's like halfway between like a terrible movie and an okay movie. So basically, what you're saying is it's slightly better than Surf Nazis Must Die. Yes, for pure entertainment value. Okay. I had to bring it up at some point in this uh this podcast. Oh no, trust me, this is just, it, we had to. <laughs> Nadine, I think I'm gonna go a little lower than Dan. I would say it's a three. Uh, it's still two points above. Surf Nazis must die, but uh, I think I rated that as a one. But um, yeah, it's not great. I I think it doesn't have that much of a story to it for me. It's not. There's a story there, but it's just there's. It's not pulled out. It's not put into depth. It's great for the commentary that they're making for it, which is the reason why I think it's a three. But because they didn't actually expand on that and make a story out of it, despite the fact that it's supposed to be a fucking movie and give any real depth to the characters, and they kept them as one-dimensional uh, for the most part, I would say that it, it stays as a three for me. It can't go further. If they had put more depth into it, they made it a longer movie um, to actually do that and actually went more into the stories of the alms and things like that, I'd probably be pretty interested in the movie, and I'd actually probably really like it. because. But where it's at right now, it's it doesn't hit it for me. Wow. Okay, guys. Um... Well, I'm certainly a fucking outlier. Um, so when I looked at this movie originally, um, I enjoyed watching it. And just from the pure enjoyment aspect, it, it's going to be higher than what you guys said. However, when I started realizing the inclinations and what this movie actually pertains to and all the things that it's about, I'm rating it an eight. This, I think, is a really, really, really well done movie. Um, there are some pe- there are some things here and there that could definitely that definitely turn me away slightly, but overall, it's just a it's a very pleasant movie to watch and to think about later. What what are those things that you don't quite agree with or kind of turn you off? Just out of curiosity, what I don't agree with you guys. No, what turn you what, off? What are those What are those things that kind of turn you off? I'll be entirely honest with you. The art style at certain points of the movie was just fucking weird. So much so that even I gotcha. couldn't enjoy it. Like the anteater scene, where they it was like a flying bird, and then it turned into an anteater, and then it kind of like shooted people into the mouth. That was just strange. 
Um, and it's just like there's there's the art style is so unique that it actually does detract from the quality of the movie at, at gotcha. certain points. Yeah, just because I haven't heard you say anything bad about the movie, I was wondering what those was things that did has. I mean, uh, this this isn't a ten in my eyes. I don't think it's reached that point. There's nothing really negative about it. It just isn't that fantastic planet. You see what I did there? You know, the fantastic planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was lame. It was lame. <laughs> okay, guys. All right. Would we recommend the movie? I will start. Uh, yes, of course. I don't even need to explain. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Well, I, I would say no, unless you have like a, a history paper based off of like 20th century European politics or some other paper. No, unless you know an animation nerd yeah. like John. So, so no, it's, I, I would recommend this movie. Outside the academic uses for this movie, I would say just for pure enjoyment of watching it, hell no. But if you were to use it for something in academia, even in history, film, whatever, I would say totally because it's got a lot in it that could be used and torn apart and delved into and expanded on just in academics. But outside academics, I would say definitely not. Okay. Well, I am a fucking outlier to you guys. Dang. It's okay. It's it's definitely, I feel like uh, this is one of those reasons why... um, like I'm in this podcast is because I always rate extremely low compared to you guys or extremely high to compare to you guys. Not unless it's a, a like a one-off. We usually don't rate the same. Yeah, no, I, I think it's good to have a little bit of conflict because it, it makes a interesting, more interesting debate kind of like kind of seeing from each other's perspective. It'll interest to see if there's like a movie that like I really hate and you guys really love or, or Nadine really hates and, and me and John really love. But I don't think so. I have an, I have a random thought though. Don't tell me if I'm wrong, but this movie would go really well with acid. Uh, probably. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I feel like, like this this movie would be this this is such a psychedelic movie. Like I actually know yeah, a like, movie I'm... that I think Dan, you and John would both not like because you already watched it, Dan, and you weren't that into it. John dies at the end. <laughs> I love yeah. that movie. I love that movie. And Dan was like, eh, and John, you're going to fucking hate that movie so much when we watch it. And it's one of those movies that have one of those fallings where, like, if you love it, that like, you are obsessed with it. Like, I used to talk about it nonstop all day, every day. And it's not a good movie. Well, one of every single movie pick, I have to say, um, that you two have given me is either been a, wow, this actually is pretty nice, or this is fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there there's no movie that you guys have picked i'm like wow this is so good you know not one i feel like I, so I mean, my expectation terrible but i mean my expectations are already pretty low nadine i find it torture sometimes when i watch some of the movies that uh, you guys give me like actual torture like um you know if i if i wasn't doing this for the pure the pure motivation of being able to experience more movies and not be such a, you know, a little self-centered prick. I wouldn't, you know, I'd, I'd probably just tell you guys no on these movies. Oh, no. But, uh, There's now that I'm like re-listening to all like there are like recorded moments from previous podcasts and like editing them and putting them out. I'm hearing you so many times, like being on the verge of just outright quitting. Because you guys are torturing me with movies. So thank you God, but, for no, sticking uh, with us. Yeah. Yeah. We're just testing our friendship one movie at a time. I mean, you're going to definitely like no, the um, next one. Uh, 
you picked uh, you yeah, picked the one after. You. So I mean, I I know for a fact that I'm going to enjoy that movie because I enjoyed it when I was younger, um, and that usually never changes. The oh movies. my god! But the the one the one after that one, I'm not exactly oh, we got, we got for. Yeah, well, <laughs> we we know we also yeah, have well, and, Tar month coming up, which is going to be my favorite month. And John, you have that's going to be my most hated month. You you picked American Psycho <laughs> yourself, and then uh, Dan, I picked. Well, I picked Army of Darkness. You're going to hate that movie. It's a bad movie, and it's actually the third movie in the series in the trilogy. And I picked the third one first because I want the third one first myself. So you're telling me I'm gonna have no context on a movie that I already hate the genre of, and it's a cult classic. So, so I'm probably I'm gonna fucking hate it. It actually is so good I will as a standalone. I, 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 you made me watch this one, right? Right, need I made you watch all three of them. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. But Army of Darkness is good as a standalone. Well, what do you guys say we close this one off um, and tell them what movie we're watching next? Alrighty, alrighty. I gotta scroll back up to where we were. (laughs) You got excited and scrolled away. I did. I got really excited. So, if you guys have any movie recommendations or want to talk about movies with us, you can find us on Facebook through our private group, Snazzy Podcast, which is S-N-A-S-Y, or on Instagram at Snazzy Podcast, or you can just email us at she's not a slut yet at gmail.com. If you guys like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, email us, rate, review, and subscribe. Seriously, we don't have that many of you yet, but the more you guys rate, the more you guys review, the more interactions we can have with you guys the more likely that we'll have like episodes where it's literally just cult movie picks of listeners. And I would love to do something like that. We'll even do like live watchings of it so that you guys can hear us and our reactions to the movie as we're watching it. So seriously, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, So just as a heads up, we will be reviewing my non-list pick, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, released in 1988 next. So make sure to tune in again. The episode will be released on September 30th because we're only doing three episodes a month, um, just as a reminder. Okay. Well, I will see you guys then. See ya. Bye. Bye.